Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Jason Buchanan, Clinical Informatics Officer at Baylor College of Medicine. In part one, Buchanan talks about how the EHR implementation program he created can help providers more efficiently use EPIC and stay updated on features, what he believes are the three main areas of burnout, and how leaders can work to provide a safe environment for both providers and patients. So can you first talk a little bit about your current role and you know what you're doing there? What are some of your key objectives as clinical informatics officer? So I'm actually swimming in a number of different pools these days. So yeah, I still work with Bela Kajar Medicine and Harris Health. I've been there for about 16 years now, uh, primarily as a family medicine doctor. Uh, probably about ooh, maybe back in 2007, we got the Epic EHR, and I became the de facto Epic doctor, helping the other docs with you know, various issues that arose with Epic. And I really uh, enjoyed doing that and uh, saw the promise that EHRs and data had to hold for the future. And I enjoyed it so much, I decided to go back to school and got a master's in informatics um, down here in Texas and became a board certified in informatics as well. And I've been doing a number of different projects um, at Bella Harris Health, uh, mostly centered around helping the doctors and decreasing their, their burden. Uh, so I guess my, my claim to fame there is that I started a program uh, it's called PreOp. Uh, it's a provider EHR optimization program. And basically it's just a way to help the doctors to um, be more facile with using Epic. Because over a period of time, there are so many new features that come into play with the EHR. We don't know all that it has to hold. So I held various workshops and just putting out the uh, some of the key new features and how to use Epic as efficiently as possible. Uh, this will work with the, uh, telemedicine as well, with some data as well. So a lot of different things. And I was up until about April of last year and I wanted to do more in the informatics realm. So I kind of decided to spread my wings and I've worked with um, other entities doing implementations of Epic. I've also um, working with Kind Capital, that's an impact investment firm. And what they do is that they help to find funding for companies that have some kind of a social impact. And I help with their mid-tech and health-tech uh, sectors. And I also work on the payer side with a company called Sendero Healthcare, based out of Austin, Texas. And I help them with uh, their informatics work and also relaxation management. So doing many different things these days. I'm loving yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, definitely doing a lot. So looking back at, you said uh, 2007 was when Epic was first put in. I'm sure that it's really interesting to think back how much has changed in, in 15 oh, yes. years. <laughs> but were there takeaways from that initial experience that you've used along the way? Sure. I think I'm very fortunate in that I'm one of the doctors that has the benefit of seeing what things were like before Epic or EHRs and after. So I finished my training in 2005. So during medical school and residency, it was all on paper and they were just starting to do some things with EHRs, you could see labs, a little bit of documentation. Uh, but after I graduated from residency in 2005 and worked with Bill Harris Health, that's when it really started to take root. Uh, so I think that there are a lot of complaints about EHRs, which are valid, but looking back to paper, uh, some things are simple as being able to find a chart when you need it. There are many times where you're looking for a patient's chart and you can't locate it. And you're operating in the blind almost. 
Also being able to see your consultant's notes is really, really helpful. I used to remember having uh, triplicates. Um, there was our uh, copies of the consultant's notes being sent to us by a courier for us to actually you know, read what they're, what they're saying. Initially with the EHR, we know that they're designed mainly for billing purposes. So when they first came into the fray, they of course were not very user-friendly. I think as time has gone by, the usability has improved greatly. And I think in terms of the future, there's a lot that has to hold in terms of usability for the position. So I anticipate that things will get a lot better for us stocks in the future. But looking back, it's been a great improvement. Um, especially when compared to paper charts. And then for patients, I think it really uh, tremendously has improved things for the patients. They're able to actually interface with us um, directly. Um, They can see their own laboratory results, um, ask questions. Uh, So I think particularly for the patients, it really has um, changed, been a game changer. Yeah, it definitely has. And so the program, um, pre-op, so that's focused on, on optimization. Can you give a little information about what that program is? Sure. It's a, it's a series of modules that I put together. They really highlight the more salient features in EPIC uh, that help the um, docs to really utilize the chart as best as possible. And there's certain things that I think uh, there are various uh, levels of usability that the doctors um, have in any entity um, that takes care of patients. So it's making sure that the really basic things kind of like give you the more bang for your buck are utilized is what's really important for me. Things like a search function. A lot of folks didn't realize they can search, you know, for consultant's note using the search bar or search for the when a medication was given. And it really helps to dramatically decrease the clicks um, that you have to use to find information within, within Epic. So this thing is basically like that. Another one, we get frequent updates in Epic as well. So I help to uh, flesh out what are the best points of the updates that are coming up uh, for the doctors as well. And also being like a sounding board, uh, if they have any questions about Epic, things that they would like to have seen and implemented in Epic as well, I help with those things. Okay. So when you think about frustration that physicians have, where the, the biggest frustrations lie, um, what would you say is something that comes up a lot? Hmm. I think there are probably maybe three general buckets. Mm-hmm. I think one is just the actual work itself. Um, is it motivating? Is it fulfilling? fulfilling? Does it captivate? I think also another one would be um, just the workload, uh, just the burden of work. And yeah. then the third one would probably be the culture of the organization, mm-hmm. as well as the kind of the three um, realms that I see in terms of, of burnout. Yeah, so when you think about the workload with providers, we like things like control of our schedule and autonomy also is another big thing as well. The EHR is, is typically um, the target when it comes to burnout. Uh, there are things that can be done, as we had mentioned before, uh, but still it's not the most uh, user-friendly um, mm-hmm. tool that we have. But again, it's getting better as well. Um, also, I think another one would be just uh, kind of the focus on, on metrics and data as well. There's a lot that of information that comes into us, providers now with the EHR, and we have the laboratory results. We have notes from consultants. Uh, we have messages from patients as well, and it seems to increase um, as time has gone by. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Can really see how that would be frustrating and. 
I saw that that you've written about as far as data and and dealing with all this data coming in. And um, it does seem like that's something that has become a bigger challenge as as we become more digital. So I guess maybe some of your your thoughts on what it takes to really approach these data-driven journeys in an effective way. Sure. I think the main thing is um, having um, a plan, um, having a question in mind that you want to answer and making sure that that question is going to be helpful to a uh, population, whether it be patients, providers, or both. I think that's where I see the, the biggest errors uh, come into play. And it's very tempting to see a, a new you know, point solution that's out there. And you want to say, okay, we need to get that. But you have to say, is this something that's really going to help our organization and help our, our patients, help our providers? And I think really the best way to determine that is just to ask your providers what they need help with, ask your patients what they need help with as well. And then from that standpoint, they can choose your solutions or build one in-house. Uh, so I think that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, where is the problem? Um, trying to identify that problem. And then you move on to how do we use our data to find a solution to that problem and to verify that it actually is a problem that we have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because it just must be really overwhelming with data coming in from so many different sources. Right. There's going to be a lot more coming in as well with the wearable devices and precision health medicine. So it's going to be a lot coming in. Okay. And one of the buckets you mentioned was culture. And um, I would think that this is really, it's a big, big area. It's a big topic. some thoughts on um, how that can either help or <laughs> eradicate the situation? Sure. Yeah, we always hear the buzzword of toxic work environments, yeah, even more so with the pandemic and then whatnot. The, the main thing is that as an organization, you want to provide a, a safe environment for your providers and for your patients as well. Uh, when I mean when safe, I just don't mean physically safe, but I mean no, they feel good coming to work. Um, they feel that the administration and the organization has their best interests uh, in mind, and they actually will take actions to, to show that. I mentioned, mentioned about listening. So uh, I think part of listening is caring about the people who you take care of and who are caring for your patient population. And uh, if we start with that, um, then comes the listening point. So you want to make sure to listen to what the providers and patients um, have to say. And then you can take a proper action based upon the data that you get from from the listening as well. Also, uh, relationships are very important because at work, it's kind of like a family away from home. Um, So you want to make sure that you have very healthy relationships with the other members of your your organization. And uh, if you want to have the freedom to be able to speak about things that, that you like and that you don't like as well without fear of any repercussions. Uh, I think that's pretty, pretty crucial to providing a healthy environment and a safe environment for your providers. I think also in terms of culture, being able to um, be recognized for your work um, shows that uh, you really appreciate where you're at. You want to feel like you're someone that's just sitting there toiling away, seeing a bunch of patients um, and not getting any um, pats on the back um, from your organization. Uh, because it's very hard to work and not feel like you're being um, appreciated. And um, also, also, I would say that it's important for um, providers that work together to feel like they have a very cohesive network yeah. because they're going to be very tough times. When I say providers, I mean doctors, nurses, social workers, 
had the benefit of being an organization um, that's really pro on those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of um, interplay uh, between you know, the doctors and nurses, the social workers, the clinical pharmacists. You know, we all work together in small pods uh, yeah. to help our patients. And I think that really um, dramatically increases the, uh, the likability uh, of going to work uh, and seeing patients, especially these days. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.